Jennifer Bukowski. She'll be with us about a half an hour from now. She wants to talk about, among other things, what happened in Iowa. But she's got a lot more to talk about, including Fani and her, well, defending. Fani decided to go to church to defend having sex with somebody's husband. <laughs> uh, you don't make this stuff up. And then said the only thing that was wrong was that she was black. Oh, God. Is that what it is? That's huh? what it was. Yeah, otherwise, uh, this would be no big deal. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that at 1035. But in the meantime, we're talking about the debt. So I thought I would share some numbers with you, just so you know. Uh, if you picture a pie chart, uh, the, the major drivers of debt, 13% on defense, 21% on Social Security, 24% on health insurance, Another 8% on economic security programs, like welfare, etc. So, if you add that together, uh, you got 24, uh, uh, 24, 34, 44, 54, 57, almost 60%, actually over 60%, of the money the federal government spends comes from government social programs. Programs that Democrats manage to get passed. Over 60%. Imagine what would happen if we weren't shoveling that money into those social programs. You wouldn't have anywhere near the debt that we have. That's a lot of money. So you know, Social Security in 2023, 21% of the budget, or $1.4 trillion that is going to be paid for Social Security. Health insurance. There are four insurance programs. Medicare, Medicaid, <clears throat> Children's Health Insurance Program. That's the CHIP thing. Uh, and the Affordable Care Act. Together, they amount, uh, they account... For 24% of the budget in 2023, $1.5 trillion. One half of this amount, $828 billion, goes to Medicare, which provides health coverage to some 60-plus, almost 70 million people. And those numbers are going to grow as the baby boomers age out of it. May of 2023, Medicaid and S-CHIP uh, provided health uh, or long-term care to about 94 million low-income children, parents, and older adults. We're, we're 300, uh, what, 340 million uh, population. Almost a third are getting health care at government expense. Another 13% of the budget, or $806 billion, paid for national defense that's all of our foreign involvement, all of our military spending going into uh, all these other countries and, and uh, providing them with arms and ammunition and, and uh, our own military being, being sent to those places. Interest on the debt is another 10%. Now you're looking at 70% of the spending, and it's actually a little higher than that. That's why I'm so concerned about the future of the country. So I get an email from a listener. 
about Donald Trump. I'll, I'll read the email um, to you. Keith says, Trump was the only one who addressed the debt in his speech last night. So he's working toward a plan to pay down the debt. He'll address the situation when he is elected with no swampies advising him. So now you know what the main drivers of the debt are. There, here is an article. This is uh, <laughs> March. Trump ties GOP in knots over Medicare and Social Security. The former president is assailing his primary opponents for entertaining entitlement cuts uh, in the past and exacerbating divisions among Hill Republicans in the process. This is, uh, yeah, March 2023. Donald Trump is driving a wedge through the GOP over uh, American politics. Uh, The former president's attacks on potential GOP uh, primary opponents and his warning to party leaders to stay away from popular entitlement programs in their push to cut spending and cleaving Republicans at the level lawmakers who once backed entitlement overhauls are now openly at odds with colleagues who prefer to soften their position. In other words, Donald Trump isn't going to change this trajectory. He's going to attack any Republican that tries to fix the problem. Look, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, that, and these are his own words. I'm not making this up. We're in trouble. Voting for the same old, same old ain't going to fix it. I feel like the curmudgeon of doom. I, <laughs> I uh, is that your new title now? I, I probably should the be curmudgeon of doom. Yes, yes, that's 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 apparently uh, where I stand. Um, so we were talking about global warming in the last half hour. We talked about how the uh, the Arctic has more ice than it's had in decades. Uh, we talked about uh, these uh, people in Chicago with the battery-powered cars. Uh, they can't get their, their cars charged. Chicago-area Tesla charging stations lined with dead cars in freezing cold. A bunch of dead robots out here. Apparently, they don't charge when it gets this cold. Yeah, but we, we don't want you to have a gasoline-powered car. No, no, no. Uh, they They just... Uh, keep trying to paint this picture that everything is going to be fine. Getting rid of carbon fuel is just going to be terrific, even though it isn't working. And now, finally, Biden's trillion-dollar climate agenda is blowing up, and John Kerry has a lot to answer for. Uh, Liz Peake wrote this over at Fox. Uh, No wonder John Kerry is stepping down as climate czar. Joe Biden's trillion-dollar green agenda is blowing up, and no one is more closely tied to the fast-deflating boondoggle than John Kerry. Uh, The push for electric vehicles is a bust. Renewable projects like offshore wind farms are being canceled by the boatload. People are tired of being told they can't buy things they want like gas stoves, incandescent light bulbs, and guess what? Sane people in our country are willing to admit finally that the world will run on fossil fuels for the foreseeable future. His group, his, and he's not even a cat, he's not really a cabinet member. I don't know how he got the job that he got, but apparently 
he's he's getting paid and his group are being paid a fortune. Last week, Chesapeake Energy announced it will spend $7.4 billion to purchase Southwestern Energy, creating what will be the largest producer of natural gas. The combined companies will feed an ever-growing demand for U.S. gas supply. We should, and, and this is where Trump comes on strong and, and, is, and is right on, tr- right on track. And it's that mentality, the drill baby drill mentality. The world operates on carbon fuels. You take away drilling for oil and you not only freeze to death, but you can't get where you want to go. And if that's not bad enough, there are other byproducts that you get when you drill for oil. Hey, you can't buy a pair of shoes that don't have some product, some part of, of oil. Just insane what the Democrats have done. Absolutely insane. All right, up against the clock. Don't forget Jennifer Bukowski. Uh, we'll get her insight into Fonnie Willis. And the reason that's important, the reason you want to hear that is because as a criminal defense attorney... She probably has some insight about this prosecutor she hired that she was sleeping with and how much money they paid him. Apparently more than other prosecutors doing the same job. All that coming up on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 20 minutes after 10 o'clock. Jennifer Bukowski, uh, Trump's uh, massive victory in Iowa. DeSantis edges Haley for a... Second place uh, in uh, the first uh, presidential uh, nominee, nominating contest. Uh, Bill Ackman uh, is going to give a million-dollar donation to boost uh, Dean Phillips. He's the guy that's running against Joe Biden. We'll, we'll see how... There are so, so many other players in the game this time. When you... You know, when I was growing up, there were literally two parties. That was it. You voted Democrat or you voted Republican. And then the Greens and the Libertarians and, and uh, a whole host of others started showing up uh, because of their dissatisfaction with uh, the major uh, older parties. And now you got uh, Kennedy running and uh, just uh, tons and tons of people with their hat in the ring. And don't forget, you still might get uh, the senator from West Virginia who is suggesting he might run third party also. To tell you the truth, if the Democrats were smart, that's who they'd nominate. They'd get him, and I think uh, there are a lot of Republicans who would vote for him. Well, we'll find out. Uh, Elon, Elon Musk, she wants to talk about him. Uh, The Fonnie Willis uh, deal... Uh, she she hires a prosecutor that she's sleeping with, pays him more than the other prosecutors on the case. Uh, then the whole tie-in with the White House, which I find curious. Um, it, there's a lot to un, unbox there. She could actually be fired before this case goes to trial. And I got to tell you, it would please me to no end. It would please me to no end. 
I'll tell you the other prosecutor that I think ought to get fired, and that's the one in New York who keeps going after Trump's business. And that judge in New York, you don't think that guy's an anti-Trumper? You don't think he's a never-Trumper? You don't think he hates Donald Trump? He's going to find him, uh, you know, he's, he's already said that it's fraud. And he's going to, I think, go after Trump's business. He's going to say, you know, you're out of business, pal. He's going to do it out of pure hate. See, I don't hate Donald Trump. I just don't think he's doing the right thing. Is he better than Joe Biden? Yes, of course he is. These people, they will, they'll do anything. There's, there is, there's nothing too low for them to try and destroy Donald Trump. And you know, he's got that civil case again. That woman is suing him again. I will tell you that I don't believe her. I don't believe that. But the Democrats are so desperate to put the hurt on Trump that that in New York, they literally changed the law so she could sue him. And, you know, I, I didn't read the entire transcript, but I'm I'm just not buying it. I, I don't think it's true. And I'm, you know, I'm being honest with you. I, I think he's being ripped off. And I think he's really upset about it. And I think he's going to challenge it to the hilt. It's going to cost him, but he's going to do it. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, Mark Meadows, uh, apparently he, Meadows has hired Paul Clement for this Georgia uh, lawsuit. Uh, well, prosecution, I guess. Uh, and he is, frankly, a legend, Paul Clement. That case could be headed to the Supreme Court. So Jennifer's got a lot. Uh, that, And, and we'll, uh, we'll see what she has to say about the E. Jean Carroll. I just, I don't believe E. Jean Carroll. I don't believe Trump did what she said he did. Myla, Brian, did you did you have any indication? Did you did you think that in fact uh, she was telling the truth? Or I think prove it? that uh, she her attorney encouraged her to bring this suit against Trump just for political reasons. That's my belief, but I don't know. Yeah, but we I don't mean, know. Based We've... on when I've heard her speak, it sounds like nonsense to me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just. I'm not buying it. Uh, President Biden is telling everybody that Bidenomics is working and that it's had a positive impact on the economy and that he is, through his economic policies, reducing the budget deficit. (laughs) I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) Is this opposite day or? (laughs) (laughs) That's what he's saying. Uh. Um, There's a a piece uh, at MSN uh, from The Hill. Uh, It is uh, Matthew Dickerson talking about Biden and his spending. They're so, you know, they're so blatantly playing games with the numbers that you you can't think it's an accident. You can't think it's a mistake. They clearly had to know. The final budget data for fiscal year 2023 tells the story of out-of-control spending 
outpacing rising revenues and devastating effects that can have on the economy through inflation. Federal spending last year was nearly a trillion dollars higher than projections made before the Biden presidency. Remember that the next time you hear President Biden say that he's reduced the deficit. Uh, he's, this guy's written a column about uh, Biden's impact on economic policy. Uh, and he's got CBO forecast numbers. And it shows uh, what was projected under the laws that existed immediately before Biden was inaugurated. And when we compare that to the actual fiscal situation, we can assess the impact the president had. And the results aren't particularly good for Joe Biden or for taxpayers. The deficit for fiscal year 2023 exceeded the Congressional Budget Office uh, a, a baseline by a staggering 76%. 76 percent. 76 percent. Every dime the government spends that that they don't have in their coffers already. In other words, every time that they borrow is inflationary. Every time they create money to pay an employee, when the federal government expands and they hire somebody, they got, they've got to pay them. They're not there as volunteers. So in, a, in addition to what they as a group do to the economy, individually, they're creating Inflation. The bigger they, the government is, the more people they hire, the more money they have to create in order to pay them. The entire increase in, uh, in the deficit relative to the pre-Biden projection uh, for fiscal year 2023 is due to spending being $970 billion or 19% higher than predicted. 19 20%. That's a huge increase. But, but Biden wants to convince you to, you know, don't believe your lying eyes. Oh, no, no, I, I've cut the deficit, he says. No, no, it doesn't look like it to me. They can't, they can't be mistaken. They are, they are purposely deceiving you. And here's what they're going to say. They're going to say, in, in spite of everything I just told you about uh, the drivers of debt, uh, the national debt, how Biden's uh, plans have, have uh, exacerbated the problem, the Democrats will try to tell you that it could have all been avoided if the Republicans just raised taxes on the rich. That, that's their out. That's always they're out. Oh, we should have raised taxes on the rich. We tried to raise taxes. The Republicans got in the way. You can't take that much money out of the economy. You, they're at the point now where they're trying to, in some state, California, they're trying to, uh, they, they're trying to tax assets whose gains haven't been realized. They want to. It's a wealth tax. They can't get enough money to cover this spending and have the economy standing on its own two feet. Jennifer Bukowski in just a few minutes. 1035 of the Gary Nolan Show. 
you want to pay attention to Fannie Willis' story, we'll talk with it about five minutes. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is 1035. She has a lot on her mind. She keeps her fingers on the pulse of society and politics in particular. She is attorney Jennifer Bukowski. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Gary. Um, I'm just curious. Do you park your vehicle outside or in the garage? In the garage. In the garage. Okay. Um, there was a story about uh, battery-powered cars, and I don't know if you saw what's going on in Chicago, but all these Teslas, they, you can't charge them when it's that cold. <laughs> they just won't, they won't charge. Uh, and so these people abandoned them um, at the charging stations. And, 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 wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, let me move on. Uh, Trump uh, managed, I mean, his slam dunk over 50% in Iowa. Uh, I didn't expect it to be quite that strong. I figured he'd prevail, but, man, he did nail it. He sure did, and I think it's a rebuke for all of these indictments and everything else. It's the first time the American people got a chance to weigh in on that, and they say, you know, this is political persecution. This is still our choice, and, you know, I donated to Donald Trump out of spite, you know, when... Colorado kicked him off the ballot, but we've had all these indictments, plus him getting kicked off the ballot in Colorado and Maine and that being litigated. And I think that that galvanized people to be like, enough, and uh, vote for him. Well, it certainly supported his case that he is the victim uh, of a political witch, uh, witch hunt. But, you know, look at Joe Biden's numbers. They're now in the 30s. His approval numbers are in the 30s. He hasn't done anything well. Not inflation, not the border, not the military. I mean, this guy has screwed the pooch from A to Z. The Democrats know this. They're absolutely. So what happens if at the national convention, the Democrats have literally McCaskill the Republicans into putting Donald Trump up as their nominee, who can apparently beat Joe Biden, and then at the convention... They put up somebody else. Maybe they uh, they get Joe Manchin back uh, or somebody along those lines. What happens then? That's a good question, Gary, and that's something I'm worried about because you keep hearing more and more st stories about Obama's former advisors, you know, basically speaking out for Joe to not run. And I'm wondering if there's a plan in the works to put up someone else because I think they've can read the tea leaves and see that if they're not going to win if they go with Joe. I, uh, I'm thinking that we're being played. Yeah, but it's not clear by like who would be their person. Like Michelle Obama is someone that could is royal enough or whatever to just fly in there and not have to campaign and maybe get the nod. And she wouldn't have the Kamala problem, you know, because she's a black woman herself. But I don't think she wants to do it. So although she has been piping up more lately, it's not clear who that savior would be for them. They might just be they might just have to brace themselves for a big loss. That's what I'm hoping anyway. But the other thing is, Gary, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy dropped out yesterday I want to research the rules on what happens if one of these two candidates, Biden or Trump, 
becomes incapacitated or, God forbid, passes away between now and then. Because they're both, you know, Biden's over 80, Trump's 77. Anything can happen. If it happens. As long as these candidates stay in the race, you know, then they're still in the race if something is to happen. Yeah, usually they don't end the race. They suspend the race. Yes, and that's what, now that you mention it, that's what Vivek Ramaswamy announced yesterday, didn't it? Yeah, suspending it means, yeah, we can bring it back. If you end it, you throw in the towel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's... That's a concern. Uh, I, I, I need to answer a question for somebody here that sent me a message. Um, Gene sent me a message. We were talking about the national debt and the social programs. And Gene sent me a message. She said, I've been listening to you for a few years now, and I agree with your assessment of our country's financial situation. As someone who is now receiving Social Security and Medicare, I still have to acknowledge that we're... Uh, we're um, we are in deep trouble. You always say we should privatize the system. My question is, for those who may fear the process, uh, the only reason I could think that would keep sane-minded people from supporting this, what would the process of privatization entail? My husband and I have lived most of our adult lives below the poverty level uh, for many years by choice as missionaries. And we've done okay. Thank you for responding to my question and for all you do to educate and enlighten us. Sincerely, Gene. Gene, if we're going to privatize it, we need to come up with a plan to wean people off of it right now. Uh, and I would suggest if you're 30, 35 years old, we tell you just, you know, cut your losses. You're not getting the money back. Probably the best way to get us off the system would be to go to the fair tax, which is a consumption tax, and then use the revenues to give people who are, say, 35 and up to, say, 50, half the money they paid into the system. Democrats lied to us and said, we're only paying half, our employers are paying half. Well, if you believe that, we're going to give you your money back. We'll give you that half back. You go invest it. People who are already on the system, you, you can't get them off. You, it's too late. But at that point, we have weaned ourselves off of this for the most part. We're using the fair tax to pay off the, the uh, Social Security recipients that exist. And we can finally end the program and I think do it with the least amount of damage. So that's how I would do it. Uh, Gene, there are other, you know, subtle differences on how to get out from under it, but that's, that's my plan. I'm sorry, Jennifer, but I, I just wanted to put her mind at ease that it is possible. So, <clears throat> there we go. Uh, let's talk about, uh, uh, Dean Phillips, because he's not getting a lot of traction, but uh, apparently there's some people willing to, to back him up. Yeah, Bill Ackman apparently really doesn't want Trump to be president because he's given a million-dollar donation to Biden challenger Dean Phillips. This is on top of donating a lot of money to Vivek Ramaswamy and uh, Chris Christie, apparently, who had dropped out last week. So 
He spent a lot of time with them. He had him speak to all of his company members. This is, I believe, a guy that is the uh, uh, AI guy. You know, he was let go and brought back. I'm pretty sure that this is who this rich guy is. But, uh, you know, Biden, he's ignoring. I think there are a couple of uh, candidates in the race. Yep. He's just ignoring them. There's not going to be a debate. There's not going to be, you know, town halls or any of it. He's doing and, what Trump I mean, is I don't doing. blame him. He's doing what yeah. Trump's doing. Yes, yeah, that's he, true. Just and and really politically, it's the smart move. It is, yeah. For once, staying in the basement would be good for Biden too. But since he's president this time, it's not working out as well for him. And I think that you know Trump, instead of doing these rallies, he's using these court appearances. And then he gave a speech last night. That's the first time we've really heard a speech. Well, that I'd seen one in quite a while. But I think it's smart for Trump to be low-key and Trump to be, you know, friendly and not ripping off insults like he was last night when he was complimenting Nikki and Ron and so on. He was showing leadership and, you know, maybe trying to show people who are still hesitant about him within the Republican Party or in the middle that, yes, he's leadership material. Uh, Interestingly, I was looking at the the, uh, Drudge Report this morning. And uh, they said, well, uh, Trump is looking tired. Uh, people are concerned. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Joe Biden uh, wanders around barely conscious, can hardly <laughs> walk, and, uh, and, and uh, Trump doesn't say anything. Or, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Drudge doesn't say anything. But Trump was going from court case to court case and traveling around the country, looks a little tired one day, and, well... <laughs> He's just, he's over the edge. Vivek and Eric and Don Jr. all looked exhausted last night on TV. So that's just Trump looking tired, if that's even the case. I didn't notice that. He gave a very long speech. It seemed like it was two to three times longer than it was supposed to be. What do you make of uh, DeSantis' victory? Um because he he did come in second place, I, I guess you'd have to call that a victory. But certainly, uh, certainly uh, uh, over Nikki Haley, it's a victory. Does this give him any momentum? I mean, the writing's on the wall. It's going to be much harder to get any kind of donor to write you a check, especially since it didn't get winnowed down to two people. I feel like if it one of the two of them had done very well, even if they had been thirty points behind Trump, but they were the only other viable option you would have donors that don't like trump that want an alternative that would sustain you further along in the campaign i think they're probably both going to drop out in the next couple of weeks but they're excited because they're like we did well enough in iowa to get our ticket punch to go on to new hampshire and south carolina and see how those next early states go nikki haley isn't even on on the caucus ticket shit for nevada that's february 8th so that's an interesting decision that she made. In the Nevada, they made them choose. Do you want to do the primary or do you want to do the caucus? Well, the delegates go to the caucus. And she was the only one to pick the primary. So that's an interesting choice that she made. But we have just coming up those few states, and I think it'll be the two-person race basically by the time we're talking on a week. You think it's going to be Kelly? Uh, will be. You think it's going to be Kelly or you think it's going to be uh, DeSantis? I think it's going to be Biden and Trump. 
Oh, oh I, I thought I when you said a two-person race, yeah, I thought yeah, you were talking about the primary. Stroke, yeah. Yeah, no, I think, you know, within by February 8th, it'll just be two of them, if not sooner. Because it right. costs a ton of money to run these campaigns, and if they're not getting the donations to sustain it, they're going to have to stop. So that Gramaswamy was one, interestingly enough, where he could have self-funded and stayed as long as he wanted, but he actually stepped down. All right, uh, I'm up against the clock, and I have to take a break. Jennifer Wachowski is with us, uh, criminal defense attorney, and uh, keeps her finger on the pulse of what's going on in the zeitgeist. When we come back, Elon Musk. On the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. If you need to be somewhere at 11 o'clock, uh, you got about eight minutes, because uh, uh, it's 10.52 right now. Uh, by the way, uh, today at uh, 4 o'clock Eastern, the House Rules Committee is going to meet and they're going to debate a rule uh, for a resolution to hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress. So for tomorrow's program, uh, we're going to have Mark Tapscott on from the Epic Times uh, to talk about that. He'll be with us uh, at 1030 tomorrow morning. You'll want to get that covered. Uh, in the meantime, Jennifer Bukowski is with us, and uh, she is one who keeps her fingers on the pulse of uh, what's going on in the world. Elon Musk is in the news. What did he get, Mr. Oh, always, Beast? always. Well, this is a cool development. And uh, yesterday, Mr. Beast, who's like the number one YouTuber in the world, this guy makes million, tens of millions of dollars, if not more. He's incredibly successful making these videos. Elon had been courting him, saying, hey, post your pictures, your videos to X or, instead of YouTube. And Jimmy and Mr. Beast, he's like, I'm just make, they cost millions of dollars to make. I won't do that because you don't have the monetization there. Well, apparently some deal has been struck because uh, Mr. Beast posted an original video to X yesterday. And it was, I watched it. It was kind of interesting, even though these things, they tend to be more kids that watch them. But it was a $1 car versus a $100 million car. So he started out driving a $1 car and all the way up to $100 million. Jay Leno was in the video. They had all kinds, of, they were all over the world in this video. It's clear, yeah, this thing would cost millions of dollars to make. But it was a cool video. And Elon has talked him into getting that content creation going on X. And so, you know, Elon, he pulls it off, man. Like, he is pulling the levers, making things happen. I think his vision for X might come to light. You know, if you get more and more people doing their content over there, it's a freer platform. You have less worry about being censored like you do at YouTube. So I'm looking forward to this, and I'm glad to see that these two, you know, innovative creators, Elon and Mr. Beast, uh, are collaborating after all. I would like to see X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it uh, succeed as well. Uh, his car company is starting to, I mean, he's been hitting some rough waters. Uh, the demand for those things has plummeted. Uh, other people trying to get their cars uh, on the market has caused him to slice uh, the prices down. Uh, he's, he's really cutting it uh, pretty thin. And apparently investors, uh, and they've been leery about him in the past, and he's pulled it out. But they're leery about him again, and he's lost literally billions of dollars uh, at, tes at Tesla. He, the, the corporate stock. He's made stock. billions, too, though. Yeah, I mean. that, yeah, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying uh, people are worried about um, 
investing there because the, the you know the 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 profit margin has gone down, and a lot of the money that he made, he made by selling um, credits to General Motors and Ford and, and uh, Stellantis, uh, because there is a, a ratio of of uh, internal combustion engines uh, to what they deem uh, pollution-free vehicles. And they would buy these credits from him so that they, you know, could continue to sell cars. Well, those things have dried up. They're not doing that anymore. Uh, so, you know, another revenue source is is uh, kind of slipping away. But I, I do like the guy. Yeah, uh, yeah and I'm uh, on my second Tesla myself. It's the most amazing vehicle I've ever owned. This is the only car I've bought two of in a row. And it, they're just incredible American vehicles to drive around in. So fast, so comfortable, so innovative. And people love them. You know, that's the funny thing. There's so many people on the left that have them and now are unsure about Elon. i got to worry about that a little bit. But, yeah, people love their Teslas and they don't want to give them up and they keep buying new ones. So I think it, he's doing all right with the Tesla business. Okay, I'm just telling you what I read. Uh, so let's go on to, uh, well, you know what, uh, we're going to be cutting this close. Uh, Fonnie Willis went out and oh, yeah. hired her boyfriend, a guy that she was sleeping with, a married guy that she was sleeping with. Yeah, married. Uh-huh. And paid him more than he was, than other prosecutors on the case. And he, by the way, went to the White House, had a couple of meetings at the White House, what they had to do with the Georgia case, I don't know. Uh, but now there's this big brouhaha about her uh, stepping out uh, with this uh, prosecutor who was apparently paid more and they used that money to go take some extravagant trips. So she decided to do the right thing. She went to church <laughs> to defend having an affair with uh, this married prosecutor. Uh, you know, of all the places I can think of where I would want to defend something like that, uh, church is just not, it's not the place. It's not the first place I would go. And yeah. if that's not enough, the only reason this is an issue is because she's black. Apparently, uh, she's she's hiding behind the fact that she's a person of color, and and that's why this is... Otherwise... There would be no moral qualms about this this relationship at all. Uh, no legal <laughs> concerns at all. Just, it, just because she's black. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break, bring up the news, and then Jennifer's going to come back and talk about Fannie Willis and Mark Meadows. And you'll want to hear what he's doing. We'll do that next time. The Gary Nolan Show. This is The Gary Nolan Show. 